The Becker's team is excited to be making our return to in-person events this fall. Join us in September for Becker's Hospital Review 6th Annual Health IT and Revenue Cycle Conference. We have opportunities to attend the in-person program in Chicago and also to join us virtually from the comfort of your own home. For information about registering and to find out if you are eligible to attend free of charge, reach out to us at registration at beckershealthcare.com. The Becker's team, in partnership with HC1, is excited to hold the Precision Health Virtual Summit August 31st and September 1st. The two-day event will include sessions on integrating technology and data into healthcare delivery. Visit beckershospitalreview.com for more information or click through the link in today's podcast description. This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Kara Babachikos, Senior Vice President and CIO of South Shore Health in Massachusetts. Kara, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. My pleasure to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about in terms of some of the big trends and technologies in healthcare and some of the interesting ideas and applications that you're seeing come across your desk today. But before we dive into that discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, So I have been the Senior Vice President CIO at South Shore Health for almost five years. We are a regional community health system comprised of um, hospital, ambulatory care, as well as um, urgent care, health express type locations. Um, In addition to that, we do um, some fairly innovative things in the community. We run an ambulance service, and we also do a lot with what's called mobile integrated health. Um, Prior to that, I was at Um, Mass General Brigham, MGB, formerly known as Partners, for 15 years, where I was the CIO over community hospitals and post-acute. So that's pretty much my background, and we can talk through various areas. Fantastic. Well, I know you've got a ton of experience and really, you know, a veteran in the field, so I'm excited for this conversation. Thinking about, obviously, everything that happened in the past year with COVID-19, and I'm sure, you know, there are various changes um, for your teams and your health system. What are some of the big things that you've seen change and the big trends that you're following today? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest trends right now is in terms of the idea of what's called digital transformation. And it's really about now that we've put in our electronic health record and our ERP system, so we put in um, you know, Epic and Workday, it's really how do we get the true value out of the systems and the promise on you know, how we're going to become more efficient and use the data and the analytics to help us make decisions and, and guide us as an organization. So I think that's one big piece of, of how I kind of look at the work. It's not just putting the systems in, it's really getting the value add out of them. The other is um, there's been a lot of challenges with COVID, um, many of which have kind of been about how do we care for patients in the community, especially if they don't want to go the traditional route of going through the emergency room or or never last going in for elective surgery. And how do you do reach out and community outreach and use a lot of the pop health tools or telehealth tools um, and even, you know, kind of the acute care um, in the home, how are we offering that differently? I think that's a, a big trend we're also looking at and working on right now. And I think the other one is patient experience, right? So in, in the provider experience, really, you know, not losing sight of that the patient has a lot of choices in the marketplace. How do we make it easy for them to navigate our health system? How do we ensure that um, it's one shop, uh, one stop phone call to, you know, get make appointments and to get specialist visits? 
how they get questions answered and, and how we can start to use tools um, rather than traditional phone lines, um, other multi um, modes of communication with the patients in order to make their um, process as efficient as possible um, and as convenient for everyone involved as possible. And the same goes for the provider, making sure that their experience is, is as efficient as it can be given the um, increasing demand on um, charting and, and documentation and, and trying to see many, many patients who've been kind of waiting on the sidelines for the last year or two for, for care. That makes sense. Kara, thank you so much for going through that with us. And, and thinking about the patient experience in particular, what have you learned about your patient base and your community about their preferences and you know what it really takes to stand apart in their minds uh, when they're thinking about where they want to start or take their healthcare journey? Yeah, I think it, it really comes down to the patient persona. I think to say that every patient is like um, the same, it would kind of be a mistake in in some ways, right? But one of the things that we're focusing on is to try to make sure we're making it as easy as possible. How do we ensure that patients can reach us, um, not just Monday through Friday, nine to five, but how can we have extenders and opportunities to reach them when they might feel sick, when they might need care um, and in the place that's most convenient to them. Um, And so to offer those types of services in ways that they can communicate with us and to also offer more around the holistic experience, you know, uh, how we make sure that we get specialist appointments and care in the home um, and, you know, prescription um, and and other things done so that they can be, um, you know, getting the care that they need whenever they need it. Got it. That makes sense. And obviously, I can imagine that it's, a, you know, a huge change in culture shift when you're thinking about um, delivering that patient experience and all the different preferences you have out there, coupled with what it takes on the clinical side to, uh, you know, make that transition. From your perspective, how do you anticipate your role and your teams will change in the next 12 to 24 months, given this focus on the virtual care, um, care at home, as well as the patient and provider experience? Yeah, so there's a lot of new skills that the teams have been kind of learning, and we've been actually kind of even building our, our repertoire around, I mean, not to minimize the need for cyber, you know, so I guess along the lines of anything that we do in the community, in the patient home, even in the health system, there's a, a bigger and bigger push on making sure we're doing it in a secure fashion so that we don't put the health system or the um, patient at risk, right? So continuing to make sure that we have great um, cyber tools and, and talented staff to help us um, assist us with that. But aside from all that, it's also making sure that we have, I guess, personnel and people that are kind of looking at solving for the problem at hand, not just the task, right? So it's a lot more of understanding what's the problem we're trying to solve, what's our current state workflow, and how do we add technology and even process changes to make for a better experience. And some things can be small um, additions, but can make a big difference, right? So it can be changing things like how you design your phone system so that um, the wait time um, is not as long as it was, so we can make efficient wait times and, and look at our metrics around calling volume. How do we offer other tools, and, and how do um, we hire people who are skilled in those other tools to enhance the patient experience, whether it's chatbots that are built on our website or doing things with creative applications 
um, that can kind of allow for another way for the patient to reach us. So I think between the cyber and the workflow and the the design work, I think those are a big part of what we're looking at today. While at the same time, we're looking at enhancing the delivery of our phone systems and our technology around call centers and even some things along the lines of robotics and process automation. That's really interesting to hear. So, you know, when you're thinking about all these different changes and some of the exciting applications coming across your desk, what has been of most interest to you um, or or most interesting technologies from everything that comes into your um, purview on a daily basis? Yeah, so I think some of the things that I find interesting are ways that we can have efficiency wins for the organization. So certain things like RPA process, robotics process automation, and using that as a tool to um, take away manual tasks or to make things um, more efficient, quicker, um, and to and to kind of allow people who might be doing that type of work to work at a, a level higher than the repetitive work. So I think RPA is an interesting one, and we've, we started to implement some use cases and some prototypes for how we might use it going forward. The other one that is also really interesting to me is the idea around ambient voice and how we can start to utilize that in the provider setting, um, which will allow, um, hopefully, a lot more ease of documentation and the charting work that um, the provider does with the patient or anyone, you know, part of the uh, clinical team does with the patient. So I think that's another one that's particularly promising and interesting to myself and, and the team. Got it. And, you know, when you're looking at especially the robotic process automation in particular, for those types of applications, is it a situation where, you know, it's augmenting the things that you're currently doing or or, um, would you have to kind of reorganize the teams so that they're um, working to the top of their abilities um, and then letting the the robotic systems do more of the um, administrative tasks, if that makes sense? Yeah, in some ways, it you know, it can be, there's so many use cases that, you know, it's probably a varied approach depending on the solution um, that we're looking at. So if it's, let's say, um, manual entry of something that can now be automated um, or can be done quicker um, with, high, with high reliability through the process automation, then that could be just a job change altogether and, and kind of looking at a different skill set for that role, you know, trying to up the skill set around um, doing things that might be more around taking phone calls and, and trying to help work through more complicated solutions that can't be automated, right? So that might be just changing the skill set altogether. You know, there's also the use case around how do you make it a better patient experience, right? So some of the uh, robotics tool can be incorporated into the clinical work to look at how are we taking even things that might be captured from in the ambulance on the way to get admitted to the emergency room and take that information and help move forward certain diagnostic images that were taken in the ambulance, move them forward um, based on some interpretation of them, um, and help put through orders to get um, a shorter window between the review of the digital image and uh, um, an outcome regarding maybe certain things that need to be done, whether it's uh, door-to-balloon time reduction or things that make the emergency room provider more efficient. 
And so that's a different skill, and it's working in conjunction with the clinical teams. And then it, we're also looking at doing some of this to retire some of our legacy archive systems and finding a way um, to get creative around some of the systems that have become, um, that are really older systems that are on outdated platforms, and it can be a method to, rather than printing off PDFs and, and old documents, this can be done in an automated fashion to help us retire some of our aged systems. So it kind of depends on the use case for the RPA, but we've had some um, good early examples and some work that we're doing to kind of look at how we scale this going forward. That's really great to hear, Kara, and I love the fact that you continue to put the patient's experience at the center of everything, and it sounds like really making a difference in how um, the patient's able to be treated and their potential outcomes, so, you know, that that's fantastic to hear. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. All right, thank you. Great talking to you.